Welcome back to the Mind the Mirror and Me. I am your host, Mackie Overbay, and I am so excited to be joined by my dad. I see what you're doing. He's also a therapist. Okay, was it because I did I act sad last time that you weren't super excited? You act sad, yeah, pretty much every time. I do so not act I'm sad. I'm so excited you're here. Yes, s- it's okay. Feel your emotions. That's a very good point. I'm so happy that you're happy that I'm here for reals. So happy, so excited to have Mr. Tony Overbay, the one and only, right here. <laughs> I am being distracted because, Mackie, this just in, Chartable, last week we thanked Finland. And this is seriously kind of crazy. I'm trying to find out how many, honestly, how many mental health related podcasts there are. Because I remember a while ago, there's over 2 million. And I thought reading at some point, there were over 50,000 mental health related podcasts. And so Mind the Mirror Me came in at number 203 in the mental health category in Canada. Like that's seriously big. That's huge. It really is. So hello, Canada. Thank you, Canada. Sometimes a comedian once said America's tiny hat. I don't think that was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a really big country. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it's their tiny, it's our tiny hat. But it was a comedian that said that we not us. We love Canada. Not us. We really we do. Canada. We really Shout do. Out Canada. How's it going? Eh? We really do. Do you know that that's what? Yikes. Yeah. That they say a, yeah. And I love it. Yeah. They're so cool for that. And syrup, right? Syrup? Uh, Maple Maple syrup? syrup? Yeah, I think Vermont is a big fan of that too. Oh. Well. Shout out Vermont. Way to take away from Canada. Gosh. This isn't about Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where do we rank in Vermont, right? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. Two episodes ago, we talked about loneliness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, that was like the most feedback I've ever gotten after we did that episode. Like I had the most conversations with clients and a good few interactions over Instagram. How'd you like that? For real? People that really, yeah, it was really cool. People that really like resonated with it and um, just felt very not alone Mm. (laughs) after hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Which obviously is like, you know, why we do this. That's a big thing to me to just help people not feel like they're the only ones dealing with crap. Yeah. And I also have so on my personal Instagram, I the first time I ever posted anything mental health related, I think it was like 2017 or 2018. And it's funny because I remember at the time thinking I was being really vulnerable mm. and like pouring my heart out into this post and I went back and read it the other day and it's like not really anything (laughs) but at the time it was very scary and I was being very vulnerable but anyways I've made a few posts since and I'm shocked every single time I post anything personal or anything vulnerable about my mental health in any way shape or form I always get so much feedback yeah and this was even like pre-podcast but when you're vulnerable, people react. It's just, you connect and there's a lot of really cool things from being vulnerable. And I've also seen this a ton being a hairstylist, which I didn't think would ever be a thing, but getting to open up to people 
in my chair and having deep conversation. It is this crazy way of allowing like deeper connections. And I just think it's really cool. And I'm on this little thing right now. I'm very passionate about vulnerability. And I seriously, like it sounds dramatic, but I seriously just think that vulnerability and if we were more vulnerable, like it would change the world. Yeah, I agree, man. Again, sounds dramatic, but it's kind of crazy. So I want to talk about it. I want to talk all about it. Um, because I think it's really scary for a lot of people or it's just not even a thing for a lot of people. Like they've just never had the chance or felt safe enough to be vulnerable. Yeah. Which I think you probably have seen. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I like that we're covering this because I think a lot of things become buzzwords and I think vulnerability is one of those where I think people hear it. They honestly, if they don't really, if they're not curious about it and if they don't, try to understand more about what all the fuss is about it, then I think this is one of those, if you're not curious, then you just kind of look at it as, okay, yeah, whatever, vulnerability. But when you really dig deep into it, I mean, this is all about human connection. And I think people that aren't aware of it and that aren't being vulnerable, it become um, one of those things that they don't even know that they don't know. So that I think that's such a hard thing to convince somebody that here's something that is important that you aren't aware of how important it will be. Wow. Yeah. No. And I think you're so right. And I think too, a lot of people, because of that, they have this one definition of what it means to be vulnerable. And yeah, they've never thought about it enough or learned more about it to know that. Yeah. Like no more and know that there is positive things there. Yeah. But just going off of definition, vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. Mm. Being vulnerable means being in a position where other people can hurt you. It often means expressing the sides of yourself about which you have the least confidence or certainty and allowing others to respond to them. So it's essentially opening yourself up, right? And allowing yourself to be seen. Yeah. And like every part of yourself to be seen, not just the surface level or the highlight type of things, Mm -hmm. which makes sense why it would be scary, right? There is definitely room there for it to be scary and not comfortable. But the first thing I thought of when I read that definition is I feel like it's like the emotional equivalent of um, when a dog shows you their tummy. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like our dog, Olive, she does that all the time, right? Like just flops over and just, but she feels safe right? That's what dogs do that when they feel safe because they're exposing this very vulnerable part of themselves to you, but then trusting that you're going to react positively and not just try to, you know, attack. (laughs) It's funny. Um, I've never looked at it that way until when with Olive, because I think she's the dog that has done it the most. And it is funny because when she gets her big feelings and she gets a toy in her mouth and then comes up and then as soon as you go to pet her, rolls over, exposes tummy, you give Mm -hmm. her a little scratch and then she's ready to play. So it's almost like, I'm, I'm being open and vulnerable and now I'm trusting you. So now uh-huh. let's play. And I think that is kind of deep. That's funny you bring that up. It's kind of funny. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. But I think, yeah, but I think for, I think even in from like a primal aspect or standpoint, mm-hmm. being vulnerable is, or okay, so going back, which I feel like we end up bringing this up every episode, but going back to your, the brain is a don't get killed device. Yeah, for sure. Thing. When you think of it, uh, the animal rolling over on their back and being vulnerable like that, I feel like... It's crazy. Yeah, there's a side of being vulnerable where I think it's, again, it's like the emotional equivalent, but it's like there's things... Have you ever watched... There's like these like true crime 
investigation things on YouTube where a psychologist will break down every little thing that somebody does. Oh, I love that stuff for real. Anyways, it's not important. Yeah. I watched one not that long ago. Anybody found out this like heavy news and their first instinct was to bring their hands up and cover their neck. Oh. And the psychologist was saying it's a reaction to cover this vulnerable part of us because that's like an easy way that we would get killed, right? Like the jugular. (laughs) Totally. So I think it's funny because it is this like being vulnerable is this emotional equivalent of like, or I think it goes with the, your brain is a don't get killed device where it does maybe feel unnatural or scary or like something you just want to shove away because our brains don't like us to just be vulnerable in like a physical way, but let alone an emotional way. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense. No, no, but it, it did. It did. It did. I get where I'm coming from. <clears throat> yeah, I did an episode on the virtual couch a while ago about trust, and I was just pulling up a quote there, and maybe we'll be heavy on the quotes today, but I think it's going to be good. But I like he even he was talking about being in a relationship, and he just said telling the truth to somebody is no simple thing because there's a bunch of things about all of us that are terrible and weak and reprehensible and shameful, and all those things have to be brought out in the open or be dealt with. And then he just said, we all have this baggage that we want to hide it. And he said, so there's a natural tendency, and I think it's what you're saying, to avoid being open with somebody who could then run away screaming when you reveal who you are. And so then he talked about being in a relationship, and he was talking about marriage in particular, where he said that it's almost this inseparable bond where he said, I'm going to handcuff myself to you, and you're going to handcuff yourself to me, and then we're going to get to tell each other the truth, and neither of us gets to run away. And once we know the truth, then we're either going to live together in mutual torment, or we're going to try to deal with that truth and straighten ourselves out and straighten ourselves out jointly. And that's going to make us powerful and resilient and deeper and wiser as we progress through life. And the reason I thought that was so wild is because what we're talking about here, this vulnerability is I think there are people that they don't even, they don't know that's the goal of a relationship or as a human. And then they're with somebody Mm -hmm. that's emotionally immature or on this narcissistic scale who then will actually take that vulnerability and then weaponize it and use it against them. So I get why it would be so hard, right? Right. And that's the thing where it's like, yes, I so, I see how it is such a hard and scary thing. And I get that because I feel like this is just as I'm kind of learning more about this, realizing how powerful it is and that it doesn't have to be just this, okay, here's all my scary things. Now right. judge me. Now be mean to me. Totally. Right? Like it yeah. doesn't have to turn into that. And we'll talk more about this later on. Yeah. But yeah if with the people you want in your life, they are not going to weaponize your, that. your, deepest feelings against you, right? They're not going to use that against you. <laughs> and if they are, then we don't want that. We'll that, talk about that more yeah, later. Yeah, but I'm that's, sure. it's so spot on, Mackie. I feel like it's almost like there's the way it could be that easy. And I know it's not, but man, yeah, we're going to, we're going right. to get there today. Because I want to note that, right? That, yeah, it's not, Yeah, not every situation is going to be this super easy, smooth thing, but there is the potential for it to be smooth and, and again, just create deeper connections and personal growth and all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think vulnerability too, for a lot of people, it is scary, but I think for a lot of people too, it does just feel weak or it feels yeah. like it's a, it's being opening up about something is weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Or like you're weak if you are going to sit there and complain about things or talk about your feelings or bring up things that aren't just good and happy and positive. Right. But Again, I think that's not the case. It's not a weakness. If anything, it is being so courageous and so strong to talk about the big things. And it is just a powerful tool. And I think that it goes hand in hand with empathy and compassion. And, you know, I think when you, when you allow yourself to be seen by other people, you're then able to see people better. Mm -hmm. 
It's perfect. But okay. So I want to talk then. So from a therapist standpoint, since you are a therapist, because tell me, so if somebody, if somebody came to you and they were like, Hey, I want to be better. I want to get help. And then you're like, okay, let's talk about it. And they just didn't tell you anything and they didn't open up about anything or didn't get be like past surface level about anything. Would you ever be able to really help them or make changes? Okay. This is one of the greatest questions because the short answer is no. And then the long answer is, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I know this is what's hard is the more that we open up about mental health and people can go find therapists and, but there's still a cost to therapy and sometimes they, they can't afford it or they don't have the time or, but I really believe a long-term relationship with a therapist that you trust that the more part of it, I feel like is um, almost like this, I don't know, back and forth. I don't want to call it a game, but where you're starting, somebody's starting to open up more. And if you have a really good therapist, who's Mm going to say, oh man, tell me more. What's that like? And because our, our brain goes to, we're expecting the person to go, oh, oh, wait, you did what? Or, well, why didn't you do this? Because when we're talking to other people, we're continually being judged and fixed. And and we don't even realize even nice people were like, oh man, I, man, I would have said this if I were you or, well, did you think about this? Or did you think about that that person might've been going through it? And so this is why I talk therapy can work, but it takes time is that our brain is Mm -hmm. afraid to leak these things out. And most of the time when we're talking to other people, they are saying, well, why'd you do that? That's dumb. I never would have done that. Or, well, let me tell you what I used to do when I was young, you know? And so that when the therapist is just saying, oh man, tell me more, it honestly, it calms your own brain to watch another person be empathetic and curious and say, tell me more about your scary things. And so then eventually, Mm -hmm. then that person can get some help because they start to realize, I guess I'm not a horrible person. I'll tell you, this is fascinating. I I just had an interaction with somebody that I haven't talked to in a while and they were courageous and brave. And they came to me and they said, did you know we had some beef? And I just said, I did not know this. And they said, we did. But I realized (laughs) that you weren't aware of it and that I assumed because they opened up to me about some things that then I thought less of them Uh or judged them. And it broke my heart. I mean, this was very recent. And I I was so proud of them for coming to me and saying that because I just said, oh, you know, maybe it's the job I'm in, in or whatever. But I'm so grateful when somebody can come to me and feel safe enough to open up that then I think actually more of that person. And we had a real nice moment because the person just said I'd opened up and, and I said, well, did I like say anything weird? Or, and they said, well, no, but I just assumed that you judged me and thought less of me. And so then that person has been in this spot where they have felt like there's beef between us. And I just thought, well, this person just doesn't come around much anymore, which is kind of a bummer, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, you can't help somebody if they can't be open. Cause like that guy, yeah. Right. That could have been a real challenge. How would you have known? How would you have known that there was, right? Like how would either of you have known anything was going on there Yeah, if you weren't talking about it? Right. And, and yeah, I think with that, like in my own therapy experience, because Mm -hmm. again, mentioned this briefly a little bit, but I tried some therapy in high school, Mm -hmm. right. And I was so against it. I hated it. I didn't think it worked. And and since I've had some better experiences in therapy as I've been a little bit older, looking back on it, because I think I would just kind of fault the therapist for the most part, yeah. right? And I'd be like, well, they said this or they said that and it wasn't helping. Yeah. But when I really look at it, it's like, no, I think a bigger part of it was that I didn't want to talk about yeah. the things I was feeling or thinking. And so how could I expect my therapist to then even know how to begin to help me if I wasn't even letting them know what I was feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 
And because I was so, you know, this is, I mean, I'm talking, this is when I was like 15, right? And I, I didn't want to talk about the big scary things I was feeling because I was so afraid that I was either like the only one feeling those yeah. things or that I was broken or that in saying that it was going to prove like that the therapist would then tell me I was broken totally. or, yeah. you know, something was wrong with. And so I was, I remember just being so afraid of opening up about those feelings and actually talking about it and then bringing it up and then letting somebody else observe it. Right. And then have a reaction to it is so scary. And yeah. I think it does, you know, you do feel exposed, um, which is terrifying, but Again, I think that, that vulnerability, when you do get to a point, like, yeah, I think with therapy, it is a long journey, right? And mm -hmm. it is a process of getting to a point where you do feel safe enough that you can talk about the things. Yeah. But I think in that, that vulnerability is what heals and it is what brings comfort and allows connection and growth. And again, all the things. Well, Mackie, I um, want to say, because uh, this was, I think we talked about it over on the virtual couch before you started this podcast when we were talking about that experience as a teenager. And I think we, we deemed that, yeah, that a lot of times teenager therapy is more for the parent because they want to think that they're doing something. Yeah. Oh, I'm, they're getting therapy. But it, so when I used to work with teenagers, because now I work mainly just with adults, but when a teenager would come in, mm -hmm. most of the time you could tell they didn't really want to be there. And so sometimes I just felt like my yeah. only job was to build enough rapport so that then someday when they really do feel like they're open to therapy, that it would, won't have been a horrible process. But I really like your, right. I like your honesty. Yeah. 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 Because I think that's, you know, there's both sides of it, right? But yeah, it's like I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't yeah, feel exactly. like I could then open up about the things. So when I was thinking about all this stuff, I did just the typed in the power of vulnerability into Google. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, what are, what are we going to find there? Right. And there was a TED talk that I ended up listening to from Brene Brown. And I listened to the whole thing. I was going to say, I like that you to told that. mom and I that you said 20 minutes. I listened to the whole thing. We were like, that's it impressive. Like 20 man. whole minutes. Exactly. I sat there and I watched the whole thing. <laughs> and truthfully, I watched it a little bit sped up too. The speed was, you know, yeah, it was at like a 1.25 times speed. So it was even shorter than 20 minutes. But I listened to the whole thing because I was like, this is crazy. And I felt like she put all the thoughts I had about vulnerability into words. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, and part of me is like, let me just play the whole 20 minutes I know, for you right, right now. We'll just call that our episode. Yeah. Like, or let me just read the transcript word for word and we'll call it good. But yeah, so I want to kind of go over it. And I, I, you know, narrowed down the my favorite parts of it. And let's, let's talk about it. Let's get let's into it. it. Okay. So she talks about doing some different like forms of research on vulnerability and connection. And she starts off by by talking about connection and says that basically, you know, we come to realize that connection is why we're here. Like connection is what gives us purpose and meaning to our lives. And she says that neurobiologically, that's how we're wired and it's mm -hmm. why we're here. So connection is huge, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I think we see that in both of our jobs. Yeah. That, you know, that's a big... Well, I think we talked about this on your loneliness yeah. episode, Mackie, but the yeah. it's weird. I remember this forensic psychologist once was talking about attachment and that when a baby is born into the world, if you want to go like all the way down to from the womb out, that then they don't even, yeah. they, they exist until then they interact with another human. And it's almost like from that moment on, we still, we almost like need another person to interact with, to know that we exist. And, and that is... To even that, feel like yeah, we're real yeah, and this that, which is anything matters. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah. So yeah, so connection is huge from the day we're born yeah. <laughs> and our whole lives. Um, 
But then she says, I ran into this unnamed thing that absolutely unraveled connection, and it turned out to be shame. Mm -hmm. Shame is really easily understood as the fear of disconnection. Um, Is there something about me that if other people knew it, know it or see it, that I won't be worthy of connection? And I feel like I want to add to the end of that, like worthy of love, acceptance, kindness, compassion, companionship, right? I feel like that list goes on and on. But that bringing shame into it, I think is so interesting because I think it does come with vulnerability. And I think it is part of that, why it feels so uncomfortable sometimes. Because I think you feel like you're going to say something that will leave you rejected or abandoned or judged, right? Mm -hmm. Which again, we've talked about this in multiple episodes, but goes back to the, all the, you know, our fear of being abandoned is like that. It's huge, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, everyone kind of has that, right? Like everyone has that kind of to their core, I think. But I think with being vulnerable and talking about big things, it feels like you're going to say one thing that you thought or one thing that you felt, and they're just going to hear that one thing and go, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm out. Like, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Or think so differently of you. And this is, we kind of already mentioned this, but I think if you do open up to somebody about something that is deep or personal or just anything that you're passionate about or matters to you or, you know, feelings you have, thoughts you have, if their reaction has no love, kindness, mm-hmm. compassion, or even curiosity, yeah, then I feel like we we don't want that, right? Like we don't want those people. Those are not the people that are going to be good in your life at all, mm-hmm. which... So I feel like if there's just, if there's no aspect of the, tell me more or I'm here for you, then don't even listen to another word that they say. Right. No, this is the part where when we were talking earlier, what I like so much is, is that if somebody doesn't know what they don't know, then they're hearing this and it makes them uncomfortable. And then they just are like, I don't even know what they're saying. So then I'm saying, okay, then slow it down, you know, and, and try to just know that this is something that two people are very passionate about. So there's some truth here. And Mm -hmm. because, so if I go back to a secure attachment, I don't think anybody had a real secure attachment with their parents. I think this is just starting to get talked about. You know, and this is the part, if I, if I want to feel really bad, I can feel like, ah, we didn't do this with our own kids. And, but when you grow up and even from the time a kid is starting to just have questions and instead of a parent feeling like I have to tell them what is right and what is wrong, but I can start with, well, tell me what that means to you and help me understand. And that you can start to nurture that this, what the concept is, if they can't externalize emotion, because they're, if they're saying something that makes the parent feel uncomfortable or the parent feels like, oh, I need to teach them the right way to think or that that isn't what just happened, that they're teaching the kid, even from a meaning well, that, the, that, that hey, that's not, those feelings aren't okay or they're wrong or that isn't really what happened. Or So then when you start to internalize your feelings, then that's the origin story of the what's wrong with me. Because I'm obviously not understanding. I'm obviously not getting it right. Because when I express something, I'm either told this is how it's supposed to be. So I did it wrong. Or I can't believe you thought that. So I am wrong. And then I think that goes from that guilt of, you know, something's wrong. Or I did something wrong to the shame of that I am inherently wrong. Or I'm inherently bad. And so it starts there even with the best of intentions from a parent or a friend. or. But I like what you're saying. It's so hard because we so desperately want to be seen and heard and understood that then we keep trying harder and harder with sometimes people that have no ability or desire to do that. And then it makes us feel like I must not be lovable. But instead, I mean, we all have that inherent worth. And so we talk about this often. I know you and I do that. It's like, okay, if somebody is making you prove your worth 
or your love, then mm-hmm. hit, hit the bricks. I mean, it's like, right. <laughs> right. You don't need that. No, you don't need to put up with that. No. And, and I think too, though, like with, I mean, cause being vulnerable can include so many things, right? Like there's so many things or conversations that can be had that would consider being vulnerable or things you can do or say. And so that's why I feel like I, I added in the, you know, even if it's like the reaction needs to be met with, like they, they need to meet you with love, kindness, compassion. But I think the curiosity part is almost the biggest part mm-hmm. because even I think that there are certain things where you might, there could be disagreements or there could sure. be just someone not understanding where you're coming from. And so it's like, if somebody just immediately doesn't understand what you're opening up to them about, I don't think that means, okay, get rid of right, them. Right, right. Yes. I think it's more like, Good point. it's more the, are they trying? Are they trying to at least understand? And are they opening it up to be a conversation? Which I feel like yeah. that curiosity part is really important too, where there should be love and acceptance there regardless. But if it is something that they maybe don't understand as long as they're trying to understand. Well, and I like your saying, cause I think patience, maybe, patience, maybe we keep them around. We do. And yeah. we got to have a little patience. It's funny. My mom and I were on a run on Saturday, like we often are. And we're talking about things and this might come as a shock, but I was all over the map on something that I felt very uh, passionate about. You can ma- wrap Crazy. your head around that. I know. Right. But I love it. I love it where she'll just say, okay, I don't know if I really followed that. And, uh, and I'm grateful. And I always said, oh, no, thank you. I'm, how could you? That was all going on in my mind. Right. Oh, and then I'll try to right. lay it out. And then I, that's where somebody could be immature and say, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I guess it's, I'm kind of dumb right. anyway. And then just give up on it. Yeah. 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 Which it doesn't need to be like that. But then she meets you with the potential curiosity of, okay, wait, didn't quite get you, but I want to have this conversation. Yeah. I want to understand. And you can get to the end of that from. and she still may not. And that's okay too. Cause that means that that doesn't mean right. that I have to get that validation. I mean, we want to be validated. We want to be right. seen and heard, but then ultimately if I yeah. feel good about myself and I already got out the crayons, I tried to slow it down for her. I'm kidding. <laughs> you better take that out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she was five and I had no idea what was no, going on. No, cause, uh, no, but it's like that. And I think that is where curiosity and patience and you're allowed to do over, but it, yeah, you're right. You don't have to like throw them out the window right away. Right. Yeah. But you know, if it is, then if the curiosity is backed up with love, then yeah. we're good. And patience. <laughs> yeah. And But yes, and patience. And, but then kind of going, going with that, Brene says, the only people who don't experience shame have no capacity for human empathy or connection, which is a little, you know, I think then we're kind of talking maybe a little narcissism, yeah. sociopathic a little, little people, bit, right? A little bit. A little bit. And I think those are the people that are where if they don't experience shame or they can't even wrap their heads around the fact that you are feeling big things mm-hmm. <laughs> or that being vulnerable is a big thing, they will take that and they will weaponize it or use it against you or just not even listen, not yeah. even begin to listen. Right. And just kind of treat you like you're crazy or like you are broken or are saying something dumb when you're not. And so I think that just, there are potentially people that you could be met with when trying to be vulnerable that are not going to listen or be empathetic or even try. And again, it's like, that's a them thing and it probably goes a lot deeper for them and it's a them issue. And so it doesn't like with what you're saying, it doesn't mean you then need to shut down or can never open up to anyone ever again, just because this person happened to not respond the way that they maybe should have. Right. Yeah. Or, 
we're able to even be empathetic Actually, in any way. You know what I like about that too? And I've never talked about this. So hot take on the mind, the mirror and me. And I think it's significant is so let's say that your mom and I don't grow up with um, like counseling or therapy being a thing. So then you get in a relationship yeah. and then you just do feel like, I don't know what, how this is supposed to be. I don't have anybody to talk to about it. And so then it's just going to be, it can be hard. And then if somebody, but let's say now that, okay, so but as therapists, we're encouraging all the kids to, if they want therapy or counseling, then they get it. So that we've kind of changed the dynamic there alone. And so then I, cause I feel like that's one of those things where if somebody is trying to have their spouse or their, you know, their partner hear them, love them, and it's not working and that person, you know, doesn't have another person they can talk to about it. It's really easy for them to internalize that and think it must be a me thing because I can't get this person I care about to, to understand or to love me and I'm on my own. And so then people keep trying harder and harder to figure out a way to get their partner to listen to them or love them, which can cause them to feel less than. And where um, that's why I think the power of things like podcasts or going to a therapist is so, so good. Because if imagine somebody's in a relationship like that and they can go talk to somebody and that person is telling them, hey, you, you, it, you are of worth and you are deserving of love. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay because I this is why I say on my uh, as a therapist and my podcast that there's the yeah, there's the narcissism, but there's mainly extreme emotional immaturity and we just don't know what we didn't know. So if we didn't see healthy relationships modeled or curiosity modeled from our own parents, or we didn't see healthy ways to deal with discomfort modeled, then we may not even know what we don't know. And so sometimes when people get the right tools, then they can show up different and change the entire dynamic of their relationship. There are other times though, where if you're trying hard to be heard or seen, and then it just gets worse then that man, please go get help because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it doesn't have to be that way. I think that's just the biggest thing there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So Brene then says, no one wants to talk about it. And the less you talk about it, the more you have it, which we've yeah. mentioned that concept many yeah. times. Yeah. Um, and she says, what underpinned this shame, this I'm not good enough, which we all know that feeling. I'm not blank enough. I'm not thin enough, rich enough, beautiful enough, smart enough, promoted enough. The thing that underpinned this was excruciating vulnerability. The idea of in order for a connection to happen, we have to allow ourselves to be seen, really seen, which I think is big because I don't think I had really viewed vulnerability as like being seen, mm. right? Like that was a, that was just a way I hadn't really heard it ever put, but it is again, like allowing yourself to be seen for exactly who you are. Yeah. And, and I do think that it's so important because connection does happen below the surface. Like you can, you know, lightly connect with people on surface level things, but the deeper connections I think are when you do start to get more real yeah. and you do start to just be exactly who you are, whatever that means to you. So she goes on to talk about the research that she did and she interviewed a lot of people kind of about these, this vulnerability connection topic. And she says that there was only one variable that separated the people who have a strong sense of love and belonging and the people who really struggle for it. And that was the people who have a strong sense of love and belonging believe they're worthy of love and belonging. And that's it. It was just the fact that they believe that they have that within them, right? Like Mm -hmm. they believe that they are worthy and lovable and all of those things just because they are. Mm -hmm. And they believe that. And then on the contrary, and for people that maybe struggled with that, this fear that they aren't worthy of this connection or that they think that they're too broken or too different or something is so like fundamentally wrong with them yeah. that they aren't worthy of love, respect, 
compassion, companionship, even just like being validated, right? Yeah, right. Like any of those things. No, because then they feel and, they go into the their relationships and they're basically counting on the other person to tell them that they are okay or that they are of worth or that they can do right. So that they and, are any of those things. So yeah. yeah. So when we've talked before about even why I know that uh, you know that the dad of you and and all the kids and finding yourselves and your careers and the things that you're passionate about, I really do feel like that's so important before one gets in a relationship. Or because I don't want somebody to then not go after the things that are important to them because somebody else tells them, yeah, I don't know if I really like that. You know, so either in get right. get in a relationship right. where there's a healthy um, curiosity or find yourself and then go into a relationship, then knowing that that's, I think, where we go back to what we were saying earlier. Then if that person is saying, yeah, I don't know if I like your career, then it's like, okay, well, you know, you can, yeah. I, you don't even have to pick up the check. Like, I'll get it. Um, that kind of thing. Right. Then, right? okay. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And she said, she talked about when differentiating the two groups of the people that then believed they were like worthy and all the things and the people that struggled with it. She referred to the ones that believed that they were worthy as wholehearted, like they were living their lives wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. as they're living from this deep sense of worthiness. And she said that what they all had in common was a sense of courage. And then she brings up like the, you know, if you break down the word courage and the original definition of it. And she says the original definition of courage was to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. Mm. And I love that. Cause yeah. I, I, again, I'd never like just never heard it put these ways, but I think that's, that's so big because it is, it's, it's being who you are and telling your story with your whole heart, with every piece of it and every part of it. And it's not just the highlights and it's not just your best things. And it's not just the things that you're good at and the pieces or parts of you that you love or like, right. But it's, it's every single thing. It's good and bad and scary. And I just being vulnerable is so courageous. Yeah. Right. And it does allow you to live this wholehearted life. Um, and she also said that these people had the courage to be imperfect. That, which that, Again, that right there, right? To be imperfect and still know that you are worthy and loved and good and... Well, so another, up still, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and I feel like another another hot take here is I would love to figure out how to get people to get to that place of it's okay to be imperfect um, sooner than later because I do feel like a lot of the things I share on my TikTok stuff or whatever are times where I've locked myself out uh-huh. of my hotel room in my underwear or the time that I had an unfortunate right? accident <laughs> running a half marathon with you. With some new uh-huh. with, with some new compression shorts or those kind of things, <laughs> and I think those are the things yeah. where it's like if so, if somebody then says, "Oh my gosh, I would never come see you as a therapist because of that stuff," I don't care, and I mean it in a really loving way. Right. But when I was a brand right. new therapist, I probably would have said, "Oh, I don't want to put this story out there because then people may think that I'm bad." But you might think differently yeah, of me. But it's like, think, but yeah, but those like, things happen. So then, okay, that's just what happens. And so then, if somebody really is going to make a judgment yeah. that they don't want to be your friend or in a relationship with you or come see you or listen to your content, then like we said earlier, it really is a them issue. And that's where I, you know, the bigger mm-hmm. you get when you move out of Finland and can, in Canada and you start getting big in Vermont and these other places that then, you, you know, there's a, at some point there are people that then will comment. I mean, I, I saw one the other day, somebody saying something about another therapist given pseudoscience or whatever. And I just 
I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not going to waste emotional calories trying to defend myself to this person that there's no curiosity. And, the, right. and but I know that that's going to make that person upset and they might then take up arms and try to find other people and cancel whatever. Uh-huh. And that's a bummer, you know, but. Right. But that's all it is. It's a bummer. Yeah. And that's it. They yeah. can stop right there. They can. You can just keep doing your thing. Yeah. yeah. But that's hard. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be nice to get people to that but, point sooner than later, which is why, again, I love that yeah. you put this stuff out there like this, Mac. Yeah. But no, I really, I think it is, yeah, just, it's okay to be imperfect. It's normal to be imperfect. Everyone yeah. is imperfect. And so it's so funny to me that we, like, just as people are so adamant about not letting anyone know that we are imperfect. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of silly when you it break it down. Like, nobody is perfect. And so she then talks more about like authenticity and how important it is. And I love this part of something she said. She said they were willing to let go of who they thought they should be in order to be who they were. That's deep. Right. Which I think goes, yeah. And I think that goes right along with the, we try to put on this facade and try to keep up with this. Like we have to be perfect and everything in our lives has to be good. And, you know, we can never go through anything hard or we can never have scary thoughts or feelings or different thoughts or feelings or anything yeah. negative there. Billy, it's just silly. Cause I just think when we're, when we are like putting out this fake version of ourselves or trying to change the perception that people maybe will have of us, it's like, who, who are we helping? Who are we benefiting? Yeah. Who, wh- why do we think that we need to do that? Well, it's part of that. Just and, ch- chasing that. We just want to feel good. And we think if everybody says, Oh my gosh, you're amazing yeah. and perfect and wonderful. Then that gives us a nice little dopamine bump. And then, but then as soon as that's gone, then it's like, yeah. now I feel worse. Cause I really wasn't being my, on my true self. And right? now I got to come up with something else. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I have to maintain this that. facade because that's what they think I am or who they think I am. Yeah. And, but again, with that, just like, who are we helping by being these fake versions of ourselves or holding everything in or back? I don't know. I just, I, it's like kind of crazy to just picture, like to try and even picture what the world would look like if everybody was able to just be themselves Yeah. and like what it would look like if we lived in a world where people were themselves in every sense of the word with, with like no fear of being judged or treated differently or looked at as broken or imperfect, um, because of their lifestyle or who they are or who they love or what they love or what they like to do or just what their story is. Yeah. Cause it's like, what, what would the world look like if it was a world where love and acceptance were actually at the center? Well, I've got, okay. Like I can't even imagine no. because it's not what it's like. Right. No, but I've got, I think hot take number three here is that I do feel like the more people hey. become, cause this is that concept of becoming differentiated and recognizing then once you, mm-hmm. once you come from a place of you are okay, you are, Kinough, you are lovable. You are Kinough. <laughs> have I worked it into every single thing since then? I think so. <laughs> you maybe have. But it fit. It did fit right there. But then when you're coming from that, that was pretty good. Right? When you're coming from that place and you no longer do feel like you're going to waste any emotional calories on trying to convince somebody that they need to love you or you are lovable, then I do feel like yeah. uh, all of a sudden you do start to see. I feel like there's almost this cool uh, club that you didn't know existed where then you start to notice other people that are really not trying desperately to get other people to notice them or, or like them. And it's a real, it's a little yeah. bit easier to just have the conversations with those people and you think, what is it about this person? And it's, oh, we're having a reciprocal conversation. You know, we're kind of going back and forth and it just feels a lot easier than it does with most people because they're, they're out there. They've done the work. Right. You know? Right. 
And yeah, it's just, it's people just being and doing, yeah, right? Exactly. Going back to all of that. I love it. Yeah. Being exactly who they are. Yeah. So then she goes on and says, these people fully embraced vulnerability and they believed that what made them vulnerable made them beautiful. Mm. They didn't talk about vulnerability being comfortable, nor did they really talk about it being excruciating. They just talked about it being necessary, which again, another interesting take on it, right? That it doesn't have to be this super great, exciting thing, but it also doesn't have to be this end of the world, terrifying thing. It's just a neutral thing. It's just part of being human and part of making connections. It's just part something that comes with existing, I guess. Right. Like just, it should just be a normal thing, a normal thing that we do and, and can feel comfortable doing and not be so worried that people are going to judge and be so negative, which obviously, you know, we can only do the work for ourselves, right? Like yeah, we yeah. can't change it's what hard. Other it's people, hard. how yeah. other people are going to react, which is hard because it, yeah, just because you do all the work doesn't fix everyone else and doesn't make everyone else have to do the work and blah, blah, blah. But I think that's part of the thing um, that we don't know that we don't know because once you head down this path and you get pretty far yeah. down it and it does take more time than we think that then once you, you, you over time, your implicit memory or what it feels like to be you based on your slow residue of lived experience is it feels pretty good to be me um, there with flaws and all. Mm-hmm. And so then as you're interacting with other people, it is just a matter of noticing that, uh, oh, that that brought up a little something for me. What's that about? Oh, it's that old need that I have for somebody else to tell me I'm okay. Okay, got it. You know, and then uh, why does this one feel really good or this person? And it's because it's pretty easy to talk to them. So I'm going to do a little bit more of that. And then over time, then that is what it feels like to be you. And so it does become a big old batch of things you didn't know that you didn't know that are pretty cool, actually. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then um, she says, I know that vulnerability is the core of shame and fear and our struggle for worthiness, but it appears that it's also the birthplace of joy, of creativity, of belonging, yeah. of love. And then she goes on to say that we live in a vulnerable world. And one of the ways that we deal with it is we numb the vulnerability. That was good. And yeah. And so this is where, this is where it gets crazy. Okay. This is where my mind was blown a little bit. So she says that the problem is that you cannot selectively numb emotion. You can't say, here's the bad stuff. Here's vulnerability. Here's grief. Here's shame. Here's fear. Here's disappointment. I don't want to feel these. You can't numb those hard feelings without numbing the other emotions. So when we numb those, we numb joy. We numb gratitude. We numb happiness. Which then I think to to add to that, right? I think in numbing these emotions, we block connection and we stop personal growth. Yes. And then we're miserable and it all gets negative. But I just, I never looked at it as a way of like this selective numbing, right? Mm. But I think it's so true that when you are shoving down your feeling, you don't just get to pick and choose the ones you're going to feel, like the inevitable feelings that you're going to feel. And so you can't just block the ones you don't like. (laughs) You just, you have to feel them. And I think that comes with, being vulnerable, right? Yeah. And and being open to feeling some of the scarier, uncomfortable things. But I think then that's kind of when it when vulnerability can become a freeing yeah. option and this source for deeper connection and personal growth. 
the acceptance that goes back mm-hmm. to that. And I love that we're going to go back to a lot of these things that we've hit on in other episodes. And I'm sure we'll get to them in future ones yeah. as well. But that is that acceptance, you know, that unwilling, if I'm unwilling to have a disappointment, then I'm going to avoid all things that could p- potentially be disappointing. But I will also right. miss out on things that could bring joy and laughter and connection. So it's, yeah. yeah, I have to be willing to accept the fact that I will have all of those experiences or else I will have kind of none of them. And I'll just, I'll dive back into right. my phone and I'll just, you know, I'll just, and that's where then people, Feel nothing yeah, ever. <laughs> and then, but then, I, but tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. will be different. But then over time, it's not. Then I wake right. up the next day feeling even worse because I didn't do anything before. And it goes right back to that connection with acceptance that I'm going to have a lot of different feelings. It's okay. Yeah. Right. And I think then the good feelings that come with that do end up kind of making it worth it mm-hmm. as like cheesy as that sounds no, right? it's spot but on spot on the good feelings make it worth it yeah. yeah okay so then this circles back and goes kind of hand in hand with the whole this could kind of change the world thing mm-hmm. but she brings up children and she says let me tell you what we think about children they're hardwired for struggle when they get here and when you hold those perfect little babies in your hand our job is not to say look at her she's perfect Our job is to look and say, you know what? You're imperfect and you're wired for struggle, but you are worthy of love and belonging. That's our job. Show me a generation of kids raised like that and we'll end the problems that we see today. Yeah. Which that, you know, something to think about. Well, that's what ends up being. It's a parent issue of like, I don't want my kid to struggle. Sounds admirable, but it's, I don't want them to, because that could be really uncomfortable for me. And then, so then, yeah, we, yeah, we picked them. And then I felt like I wanted to work in some joke there about, do you remember, have you seen all your, your, your baby pictures? You were adorable, but you always had a nice little bib on. Remember why? I did always have a bib on. Yeah. Did I, I spit up a lot or yeah, something? Yeah, you spit up a whole gross? lot. Yeah. No, it was wonderful and adorable. We loved it. Let's see. <laughs> wired for yeah, that. Wired for that gross. right there. Yeah. So we had to, yeah, we had I'm to sure embrace that. Yeah, I was still that. smiling right you there, were, right? You dug it. You dug it. You could do <laughs> both. just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> I think if the general outlook or consensus is just that we are imperfect people who are going to go through a lot of crap Mm -hmm. and feel a lot of things in this life, but that will still remain loved and accepted and worthy. I just think that the, the conversations and feelings there that open up are potentially a lot different than, than what is happening for a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I think it would take away from, or even at least just like soften the blow of sharing the big, scary things. If you know, okay, other people are also imperfect Mm -hmm. and deal with hard things and feel big things that I think it would just soften the blow or help us feel less like we are broken or unlovable because of the deep things. Yeah. Okay, so then to close us out here, I'm just going to read this one word for word because I I just, I think she said it perfectly. She says, to let ourselves be seen, deeply seen, vulnerably seen, to love with our whole hearts, even though there's no guarantee, to practice gratitude and joy in those moments of terror when we're wondering, can I love you this much? Can I believe in this, this passionately? Can I be this fierce about this? Just to be able to stop and instead of catastrophizing what might happen, to say, I'm just so grateful because to feel this vulnerable means I'm alive. And the last, which I think is probably the most important, is to believe that we're enough. Because when we work from a place that says, I'm enough, then we stop screaming and start listening. We're kinder and gentler to the people around us, and we're kinder and gentler to ourselves. Which again, just, you know, 
Another yeah. kind of mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I do just, I think that being vulnerable, that is how we make a difference and that's how we connect and that's how we help other people on the really hard journey that is life. And I think it's how we get through just the day to day and it's how we grow. And I think it just, it all starts with sharing your story and sharing who you are with like no reservations without holding anything back. And again, I just think, I think that is how we connect. So it's like vulnerability is power. It is beautiful. Um, And the things that make us uniquely who we are and all the things that we've been through and will continue to go through and the things that we're passionate about and the feelings and thoughts that we have like that again, as cheesy as it is, like that is what makes the world go around, right? Like that is, that is what keeps us being human and connecting. I love it. I got nothing. That was beautiful. That was, that was awesome. That really was. I appreciate it. So Mackie, what a joy. What a joy. Be vulnerable. You know, everyone, yeah, go be vulnerable this week. Go do something cool. Go tell someone some cool stuff. And if they are not nice, give a first try with the crayons. And then if not, then tell them to hit the bricks. Uh-huh. And get rid of them. Because you are enough and lovable. Okay, cool. All right. You are enough. You are lovable just because you are. Yo. And with that, bye. we'll talk later. We'll bye, see you bye. next time. Okay. okay. Bye.